Welcome to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast on 89.1 FM WNYU. Here are your hosts, Jack Dweck, Joe Kurtz, and Morris Zarif. Hello and welcome to Gotham Sports Report. We have a lot to talk about this week. First, we're going to get to the Mets news and what's going on in that clown show. Then we're going to get to our season preview for the New York football giants. And then we have a special edition list from Joe Kurtz. He'll try to outdo my list from a couple of weeks ago, which I don't think he can. But first, guys, we have to talk about it. I don't want to. I don't think anybody imagined after their first series victory in what seems like ages, after they went, what was it, 2-11 and 11 against, against the Dodgers and Giants? Six, uh, they, they went 9-19 and 19 in August. Now, come in yesterday, Mets finally get a win against the Nationals, who, who are not a major league team. They are not a major league team. They win two out of three against the Nationals. Okay, they win nine to four. So, so happens when the Mets score, when the Mets do something well, Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor, um, Kevin Pillar even, when, when they're celebrating, what do they do? They put their thumbs down. It's reminiscent of the Yankees a couple of years ago when they had the man with the thumbs down. But they, they're doing a thumbs down, right? Okay, no one knows what this is. Luis Rojas doesn't know what this is. The media asks yesterday in Javi Baez's presser, what does the thumbs down mean? And guess what he says? It's them booing the fans. Because the Mets have, uh, as I've said, been putrid this month. They've gone from four games up to eight games out within a month. Javi Baez has played 17 games here. And so he's been booed. And his response to that booing is to come out and say that when the Mets win, and remember, this is not a real major league win. This is a league against, this is a win against the Washington Nationals who traded their stars for free a couple of weeks ago, gave them away. So now they have no one. And the Mets, who are supposed to be a World Series contender, who stayed in first place for four months, celebrate. By beating the Nationals and then booing the fans, saying that this is what we're going to do. We are going to boo the fans back because they're booing us for being horrible, for being a top five costing team, for costing a $200 million, costing Steve Cohen. And that's how they're going to respond to fans who are rightly upset. It's not like in April where they booed Francisco and Dora prematurely. This is a team with expectations to fall so hard, so fast, and to come in. For, uh, I'm not even getting to Javi Baez. We'll get to him soon, why he shouldn't be doing it. But for the Mets in general to act like this, when they beat the Nationals, to, uh, so entitled. Where's the, where's the perspective of where you were two games ago? They lost to the Nationals two games ago. Where were they then? Jack. Don't, don't you wish we had Devin Gordon back on the podcast again? I almost feel like he could write another chapter in his book oh, just book. on the season. They need an addendum to the book for this. 
just on this entire season, he could write another chapter with the whole Steve Cohen saga, the Baez saga, Lindor, everything, just everything that's going down. It, it Like a month ago, it seemed to us that the Mets, this was their division to lose. And now they've done everything in their, in their will just to blow the division probably with no chance of coming back. And now you have this whole Javi Baez saga. Let me throw out the exact quote he said. So the Mets were doing the thumbs down thing and he goes to the media. When we don't get success, we're going to get booed. So they're going to get booed when we get success, meaning the fans are going to get booed. Are you out of touch with who you're playing for? You play for the fans. What I don't get is, have you never been booed in your life? Like, have you have you never like have you never heard of New York media where you've no, properly... been babied, Kurtz? They've been babied. But have you cop- not been properly cop- vetted for coming to New York? Just look at Giancarlo Stanton. Even when the guy is having success, the next day he will strike out two times and will boo, boo boo him like crazy. Have you not seen that all over? Derek Jeter got booed. Mariano Rivera got booed. I'm sure That's David Wright got booed. Yeah, the thing is, Mets. As, as a fan base, the Mets fan base is very loyal, okay? Very loyal. They weren't out there in 2012 booing whoever was on the field. They weren't booing Ike Davis and Lucas Duda. Because, because there was no expectations. That those guys weren't going to do anything, and there were no expectations. And that fans still showed up, and they still cheered them on. The difference here is these guys aren't homegrown. These guys come in entitled, earning millions of dollars, right? Baez is going to want a $200 million contract. Francisco Lindor's already earning a $300 million contract. And they want to, and they, and they want us to bow down to them. That's the thing. It's not that we, it's not that they're playing terrible. It's that they want us to bow down to them for playing terrible. And they want us to think that they're so great, but they're not. You're coming from the Cubs. You won a World Series. They're fine. Four years ago. You want a triple crown? Fine. Four years ago. Why should a Met fan who Baez is telling how to be a fan after 17 games here? That's how you be a fan. He has nothing, no idea about how Mets fans are. He has no idea about the loyalty that we have for this team. He has no idea what we've put through, what we've been put through with with all of the scandals. Jared, in the past year, what we've been put through. We get our one win in Steve Cohen. One win in Steve Cohen that we think he's going to buy the players. And these are the players he buys? Players who disdain the fans? Is that what we get? Is that what we deserve as Met fans? I no, we deserve to boo. We deserve to boo. And they should like it. Because guess what? At least we're showing up. I got a question for both of you. Do you have a, a problem with the actual thumbs down motive that they were doing? Without the quote, without anything. Do you have an actual problem with that? If, yes. if we didn't know, no. If we didn't know about what the like the meaning behind it, then no. It could be just like no. Of issue. course, I would. I would. It's the Why? intention behind it. It's the intention behind it. Why? But you never know. Because I, you would never. If the fans if would never know, Jack. You would still be upset. Even if we didn't know about it, put that out of it. He didn't say to the fans, "Screw you," but it shows by by putting the thumbs down. Even if they know that we're getting to their head that these guys are not fit to play in New York. If the boos are getting to their head, but they have to respond, if they have to respond like that, even if it's to themselves, it's showing that they're being impacted psychologically by fans where they shouldn't be. They're professionals. Um, Jack, I totally disagree with you. The fact that they're having, like, in all honesty, the fact that they have something to rally around, yes, it's against the fans. That's a different motive, but the fact that they have something to rally around and the fact that they were 2-11 the past 13 games, 
that the fact that they need something. I'm sorry. You rally around the fans and around their support. You don't rally around hating on the fans. You don't. don't. It it wasn't working. Clearly it wasn't working. And and you're getting this rally around to two wins against the nationals. That that's what we're, that's what we're hanging our hats on. They needed, and maybe they'll bring more success. They needed to sweep them. Honestly, They, they couldn't afford to lose that first game to them. Forget about Baez for a second, who probably burnt all his bridges with the Mets and any potential of coming Anything. back. Yeah. But but what about, like, I think there's two main people that this affects very clearly. I think one, Francisco Lindor, who didn't even start his 10-year extension with the Mets for $300 million, and two, Luis Rojas, who Jack said, has zero idea behind the meaning of this, has zero control over his own players, and is out of touch of what he's doing. Do you really do you really think he's gonna come back next year after this whole saga? How he had no control over the players, how how his players in his clubhouse came out to the media and effectively said, Screw you, we don't like you fans. What type of leader is that? You all want to complain about everyone, but I really don't think it's I, I think he lost he lost he never had the locker room, honestly. I don't think so. But I, I you can't put this on him. You this can't is a nail, no, this is nah, a nail you in can't his put him on it. I'll tell you one thing. You have to put this All, on. No, no, Joe, I disagree with one thing. These three players, that one thing that they have in common, they're all in their first years with the Mets. None of the guys that came up through the system, Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, none of those guys did anything. And they're all – Rojas coming from the Mets system. But Lindor is the face of the franchise now. Ten years, $300 million. He's the face of your franchise moving forward. Yeah, I agree, but it's still not the fact that he never had a chance with Rojas. He never. This is his first season in the Mets organization. That's what my biggest issue is. That all three of these guys, they're coming in here. New uh, Pilar, Lindor, and Baez. They're all coming in here, and they're all thinking they own the city. That's my biggest issue. That they're coming in here, they think they're entitled to put the thumbs down to the fans. They think they're entitled to. Show the um to just show disgrace to the fans to New York to New York, New York in general. They're not they're not there yet, and it sucks for Mets fans because Lindor is not going to live up to this contract. I don't care what he does. There is no he has been a declining. I said this. I said it. it went, when did he when did he sign? I said it was March, a huge in March, mistake. Right before that, I said it was uh, a huge mistake because the Mets cannot pay for no production. You can't pay for past production. You can't do it. For 10 years, and this is the same the same offseason, right, that we're coming up to, where Lindor was supposed to be a free agent, where Seager's going to be a free agent because the Dodgers aren't going to keep him if they're keeping turn. And I got Correa's available. There's guys available. Trevor Story's available. They're all going to be cheaper than what was paid for Lindor, and they're all going to be better. Lindor's thing- been declining for four years straight. He had his best years behind him in Cleveland where no one was watching him, he was not under the spotlight, and he didn't have pressure. He didn't have pressure. And now that the pressure is coming to him, he can't handle it. So what are we left to do? We're left to deal with 10 years, 10 years of this. And he thinks it's going to be bad now being booed? Imagine what it's going to be like four or five years from now. One if he's thing playing I- at this rate, I don't think he could be bad, this bad in the future. But if he's playing... Anything under where he's supposed to be as a $300 million player, he deserves to be booed, and I hope he gets booed. And I hope he gets booed a lot more than he's being booed now. One thing I want to hit on also, how big of a clown is Steve, Steve Cohen? He's a 
guy tweets last night after after Sandy after Sandy Alderson really admonishes the com and the comments by Baez and what why they're doing it. Stephen Cohen just tweets, "I miss the days when the biggest controversy was the black jerseys." Are you kidding me? Make a goddamn no, comment. But he's saying that as a Morris. He also did an interview today with Joel Schumer um, saying that yeah. saying that you can't do it, that it's not the right thing, that we shouldn't. He knows. Steve Cohen was if the thing is, Steve Cohen is a fan. He is a fan, right? His Twitter is 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 like a caller WFAN or ESPN complaining about the team or complaining about the problems of the team. He just has $16 billion to his name. That's the only difference. So when Baez trashes the fans, trashes Met fans, right? Steve Cohen's a lifelong Met fan. He's trashing Steve Cohen. You know, you know what yeah. I don't get about Baez? The guy's been here 17 days and he's complaining about booing. Like, to everyone in the real world who he's talking to, his fans, if they suck at their job, they get fired. They wish they got booed at. Like, like, what's the big deal of getting booed at in New York? It's it's the most common of things to happen to you in New York. You'll get booed more times than home runs. It, it's ridiculous that, like, that's his biggest complaint of being here for 17 days. I don't know, but this is, this is really just the fact that they got bias in the first place. This is all on the Mets. All on the Mets. There was no need for bias. Everybody knew he was going to be a headache. Everybody knew he was going to be a headache. There was no need to bring him in. They did not need him positionally. They knew that he was just going to be a whole all-or-nothing hitter. And they knew that they couldn't sign him. Why have two shortstops? Why? In order to be happy, that's why. For Lindor to be happy. So Lindor could be happy to the detriment of every other fan. To the people you're really selling the product to. Right? The people that you just dissed. And now they can't, they can't bring him back. Is Lindor going to be happy about it? They, they were never bringing him back. It didn't make sense. Yeah, but now, now that I know, I understand that. But now there's zero chance they could bring him back. You know what? Who cares if Lindor's happy? Who cares if Lindor's happy? What, is that going to make him hit more than 200? If he's happy, oh. we have to make him happy? He wasn't happy in Cleveland. He was he missing out. smiles in Cleveland. I don't get it. I thought this guy was, like, naturally happy. I don't know, Joe. I don't know. I don't know. But the Mets have a headache on their hands. And and this isn't going to be this regime's headache. This regime is going to be gone. Zach Scott was never supposed to be the GM of this team. He's not made one good move. Other than Taiwan Walker, which he was forced to do. Just look at just look at this team, guys. This is the last thing before we move on. If you look at the Mets right now, they were just bought by Steve Cohn. Then look at the Islanders when they were bought in, in I think it was 2015 or 2016 by Ledecky. The Islanders were about to move to Kansas City. They had no stadium. They were bought by a con artist with no money. They were the bottom of the barrel, bottom in attendance, bottom in last place. They were nothing, nothing. He goes out, he hires Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz. In one year, in one year, they turn the culture around. Yeah. They they it's also it's it's like the Yankees. It, it's the Islanders, they they banned beards, they 
they said you have to wear a suit on game day, suit and tie only. It's it's just how you hold yourself. The Mets hold themselves like clowns. They hold themselves like clowns. And if they get a, a, a real manager, and more importantly, a real GM, to shape things up in that front office and to shape things up in the clubhouse, then we could talk. But until then, I'm sorry, the Mets have real roster issues that are going to affect them for years to come, which we didn't even talk about. Mets have real clubhouse issues right now. And this isn't the first time they had Lindor fighting with McNeil, right? The raccoon story where they lied to the media. There's real problems. But anyway, I want to talk about the Giants. So um, this week we're going to be doing the Giants and going in depth uh, on the Giants, their schedule, and what we think we could expect from them this year. Uh, next week we'll be doing the, Jet the Jets in the same way. Um, but I think, and you guys must agree, that this season starts and stops with Daniel Jones. This division, as we saw last year, is very winnable. It's very winnable. Sure, the Cowboys are getting back Dak, but you don't know how he's gonna he's gonna be coming off the injury. This is a very winnable division, right? Washington didn't go out and got, get a quarterback; they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. If the Giants' defense steps up and if Daniel Jones steps up, you're looking at a division winner. But the Giants haven't made the playoffs; they've made the playoffs once, 2016, in 10 years, coming off four losing seasons. I don't know. I'm expecting big things from Daniel Jones. I really am. I shouldn't be. The stats aren't showing it, but I believe that Daniel Jones could do it. But there's questions. And I think those questions start on the offensive line and in the injuries to his receiving core. So first, let's talk about the offensive line. Um, Andrew Thomas. Guys, what, what, what could we even say about Andrew Thomas? He hasn't improved. He just hasn't improved since he got drafted, plain and simple. He's just mediocre, and yeah, he just hasn't improved. He doesn't have the urge and the will to win, plain and simple. More people go by Andrew Thomas than a turnstile at Macy's on Black Friday. That's all I have to say. Quality comment, Joe. Thank you. He, he allowed two sacks in the preseason. Two sacks in the preseason. This, this is going to be a problem. It's not like that the, the, he fell to them, like Beckton fell to the Jets as the last of the tackles to go last year. The Giants jumped up to get him. He was their guy. And he's been the worst one out of all the tackles. If they could have let someone fall to them, then they would have been in a better spot than they are right now. There's still time. There's he's still in his going into his sophomore year. He could still grow. But we haven't seen it so far. And it's the same thing for the whole line. They really did nothing to actually significantly improve this line in free agency. The Giants should have gone after Morgan Moses like the Jets did. They really should have. Because that would have protected Saquon Barkley, who's coming off of injury, and that would have helped to to protect Daniel Jones as well. I don't know why they didn't. It's it's like the, it looks. It seems to me like the the whole situation we had last season with Sam Darnold coming into the year was his third year, and we needed to properly be able to judge him 
and we really couldn't to the best of our abilities just because the O-line was non-existent. The same type of situation is in New York for the Giants with Daniel Jones, and I, I just think that the O-line isn't, isn't good, and Daniel Jones isn't good enough to really rise above it where we're going to properly be able to say he's a keeper moving forward, and that's going to be the biggest storyline going on for this season, in my opinion. But the difference between that and, and the Sam Donald situation and the Daniel Jones situation is, is, the, is, the other weapon. is the other weapon. But I think that only counts if these guys stay on the field. Sterling Shepard, huge history of, of injuries. Uh, Galladay, last year, suffered from injuries. Right now, still injured. We don't know if he's going to play week one. Saquon. Evan Ingram just went down. Saquon's coming back. Kyle Rudolph still has Evan to come Ingram, back. Evan Ingram does not count on the roster to me. He's never on the field. To you can't say that. You can't say that. You have no tight end right now. He doesn't count on the roster because he doesn't play football. He All right. So, football. So, fine. Can, uh, uh, Tony's still suffering from symptoms of COVID-19. They say he can't even run yet. So you have, you're basically left for Sterling Shepard right now. Darius None of the guys Slayton, that you require. Terry Slayton also left the yesterday's game. That's going to be a problem. Look, the Giants team, I'm not even looking at their offense because I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones, period. I don't think he – I admonished the trading – I admonished them not picking Justin Fields back in April. I'm not a fan of the offense. The, the Giants really are going to rely heavily on special teams and defense. Heavily. Their defense, their front sevens was a key for them last year. And their secondary was improving and improved with the additions of Adore Jackson and Logan Ryan. Really just guys that played veterans that play the uh, secondary very well. That's what we really have to realize. They have a shutdown corner in James Bradbury. They have guys in Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams who could stop the run and get to the pass. And Blake Martinez had was fourth in the league in tackles last year as long as the uh, outside linebacker. So I'm not so worried about uh, – I'm more worried they're, they're going to rely heavily on their defense at the end of the day. The problem is the offense isn't really good enough to compensate for their defense. And, exactly. And Daniel Jones, exactly. is, he's, he has the biggest history of turning over the ball, and the defense is going to be consistently on the field. And also, they have the, the Giants, to me, are known for that third and long checkdowns where they just have four or three outs every single time. So the defense is going to be overused this season, in my opinion. Um, I hope we get to see improvement out of Daniel Jones where, where he cuts down on the fumbles, he cuts down on the unnecessary interceptions, has a couple more scoring drives, just show us something. I, I don't expect them to be winning this year. They could win the division. That's just because the division is terrible. But I, I just want to see improvement on this team. I don't want to see anything else. I, I think outside of the call for improvement, I think it's already time. Last year is the year for improvement. And they did improve. I want to see something more of them this year. But for this defense, they're going to be going up against better offenses than they were last year. They are. The Cowboys are getting Dak back. They're getting guys on that offensive line back. Zeke's going to bounce back this year. And Washington, sure, they didn't get that quarterback that they need, but they're still better with Fitzpatrick than they were with Alex Smith. They were. They are. They're going to have those explosive moments, and they still have the best defense in the division, maybe the best defense in the NFL. Relax. I, I really think so, Morris. Relax. I really think so. 
That's when relax. Their defense is a top five defense, not the best in the NFL. But relax. But I agree with that statement, though, that Fitzpatrick, their team will be better with Fitzpatrick than last year. I do have the football team winning the division at the end of the day, in my opinion. And I and I have the Giants finishing second and the Cowboys following because they're horrific defense. And the uh, Eagles that shouldn't be a scary team at the end of the day. All right, so you ready to go through the Giants' schedule? Yes. Yeah. All right. The Giants' first game is against on Sunday, September 12th at 4.25 p.m. Their first game, if I'm not mistaken, is against the Broncos. Win or loss? Win. I think that's a win also. Joe? I think they have to win. If they lose, their season's over at week one, so win. That's a bold statement. statement. They're playing against Teddy Bridgewater. If they don't win, we agree. But you can't say it's the end of the season. It's a bold statement. No, it's just a bad tone to set. You're playing from behind. That's a fair statement. That's what I meant to say. It's the end of Joe's season. If they lose week one, it's the end of Joe. That's it. Just call Joe Kendrick Perkins at this point. Look at these calls. Yeah, that's right. Carry on. All right. They're 1 0. Giants against Washington. That's a loss. One and one. Uh, I don't think Sorry. so. It's I a close game. So. I think this is a closer game than you're giving credit. Giants have had success against Washington, guys. All right. Seasons. So you count your record that you think they're going to have. I will count my record. Count your Especially record at, quietly. Yeah. Count it quietly. Giants, Saints. Giants, no, Falcons. 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 Oh, Giants, Falcons. Sorry. If their defense shows up, that's a win. I think that's a win also. As well. All right, so two and one in my book. Giants Saints. Loss. I think they could get a win there. They could get a win, but I think the Saints defense is good enough to hold the Giants down and the Giants, whatever. Just All right. enough. So two and two. Giants Cowboys. I say loss. this is a loss as well. Because they're playing in Dallas. I think they lose in Dallas. I think they split the series and I and I think they lose the one in Dallas. Yeah, I agree. All right, so the two and three. Rams, Giants. Loss. 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 Four. four. Panthers, Giants. Win. 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 You have to beat Sam Darnold. So three and four. Giants, Chiefs. Three and five. Loss. Yeah. No comment. Raiders, Giants. I think they beat the Raiders. They win. should beat the Raiders. They win. Four and five. Giants, Bucks. Lose. The loss. Uh, it's a loss, but I, I think it's closer than everybody uh, anticipates. Um, reminiscent that last Daniel Jones against Bucks game. Um, Eagles Giants, it's a win. It's a win, and you have to win because you have to show them that we're mad at them for tanking that game. So let's go, let's win that game. So they're five and six. Giants Dolphins, it's a loss. I think they can win that game. I I think they. You're look, underestimating so you have, the Dolphins. For me, the way I look at the schedule from the Dolphins, they played at the Miami and at LA Chargers. I think they take one of those two games. So that's the way I combine it. I think that's fair. Right here now, five, I, I think it's too far because in December things happen, but I think Giants take one of those two games also. All right. So now they're five and six, I believe. Um, no. Cowboys, Giants. No, no, they're not five and six. They're. No, Six I, I am Count the Chargers. Six and seven. Yeah. Cowboys, Giants. It's the win home game, so you have to win it. You do have to win this. They have to win this to get the division. I say win. 
All right, so they're 500. Giants, Eagles. Win. But so they're tied to lose in Philadelphia at the end of the season. I'd say it's a loss. I'd say it's a loss. I wouldn't I think the, the, against the Bears, it's a loss. I, think I so. have them beating the Bears. I have them beating the Bears. You're getting Justin Fields, Bears defense. Bears are going to be competing for a playoff spot. They are. No, they are not. Yes, they are. I will. I don't think so. Not a week 17. They were last year, and they're better than they were last year. I don't think so. I think I think there's a lot of factors. I think the Vikings will be better than last year, which is another team that will be competing. And I think the East teams will – the NFC East teams will be better. I think the Bears are going to be like a 500 team at the time. So, I don't know if they're going to be competing or like like that fringe wild card team, but I don't think they're like running, running away with anything. Like that That's the same place the Giants are going to be. Yeah. That's what they are. I don't think they ultimately make the playoffs. I still think that the Giants lose that game. Okay. Um, Giants, Washington. I think they would take this game as well. All right. If the season's on the line in this game, they win. If not, they, like I don't know. They lose. So I don't know what else to say. Like If the Giants need to win, they have to win it. So I'm putting it as a win. So then, then they have a nine and eight season. I think if they have a nine and eight season, it's a success. I agree. I agree. Anything below, it's this season. You can't be five hundred, either above or below. So I think anything under nine, uh, uh, nine and eight is a failure. I still think the offense is going to rank low. Just have that's, easy matchups. That's the lowest. Uh, I think that's the lowest they could go, without being a disappointment. I agree. I, I just think their offense won't be that good. They just have a lot of easy matchups. Eagles twice. They get to play the um the Panthers should be a win. The Broncos should be a win. Falcons aren't that good. So it's just like a bunch of easy matchups all over the place. All right. So there's wins in that schedule. Yeah, there's definitely wins to be had. They have they have an easier schedule. So, than... so just looking back, I'm gonna amend my Broncos thing because I didn't know the rest of the schedule, but I still think you have to win that game if you're gonna end up nine and eight. Well, the tough games in the, they're playing at home against the Rams, at Kansas City, at Tampa Bay. I think we all agree that those three are losses. I think every other game in their schedule is very winnable. Very winnable. All right, so do, guys, final prediction. Do you guys think that they make the playoffs? No. Yes. No, I don't think that they win this division. I think they come in second or third. They either beat out it's Washington all the way. They either beat out the Cowboys or the Cowboys beat out them. And there's no chance for a wild card from this I division. think I think the NFC West takes a wild card team. Um, either the Cardinals, 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, a couple of them make the playoffs. Um, and then the Saints could also potentially make it if Jameis shows up. So I don't think the Giants really have or the Vikings. I don't think the Giants have much wild card chances in my mind. I mean they they'll they'll be competing till the end for it, but I don't think they end up taking it. So it's division or bust. Prove me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right, Joe, you ready? I'm ready. Can I get a theme song? What do you want the theme song to be? You have to sing it. Oh, you have to sing it. It's a jingle for me. I'm okay. Thank you, though. All right. In honor of, of our trash talking of Andrew Thomas and the Giants and their recent draft success, I wanted to see the top five worst draft picks from a New York team. I'm limiting this to 2015 because 
I looked back till 2010. I was going to do that at first, just so you guys could remember things, because before then, it's just too hard to remember. And there's so many to choose from. The, 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 the New York teams really, they have like sprinkled in successes here and there, like Aaron Judge, but there's so many disappointments throughout. So I'm going top five worst draft picks since 2015 in New York. I'm also giving you know, I'm holding out Andrew Thomas because it's only been one year. And I'm looking at the draft pick itself, um, who they passed up on, and the ramifications of the pick to make my order. And uh, I'm, looking- I'm going first. I know you're not going to pick this, and it's not going to be on the list, but it should be. And it should be number one. And if it's oh. not, this list I know exactly where you're going with Jack, and I'm just going to. This list is. Oh, a wait, wait. Also, side note if you put a hockey guy, I don't have it because I didn't know anything. Not about. hockey. If not, this Kurtz, this list is. Jack, a joke. I know exactly who you're going Christian with. Christian Hackenberg. No, because you're Jim Hackenberg. They drafted him in the second round, only I, second round player of all time without without being injured to not play snap in the NFL. How I understand. He's an honorable mention. He was considered for number five. Who are you taking out? Okay, my pick. I, I'd honestly take out everyone. Have absolutely no, 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 no. no. I, I'll Habs take no out production is worse than a little bit or being bad. No, no, no. Even, I have a worse. They said he wasn't worth putting on the field. Jack, 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 Jack. Here's the worst one. Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker. Honorable mention, but not make the list. What? Did not make the list. What? Honorable Joe, are you mention. serious? I'm ready to boycott. I'm ready to walk Honorable out. mention, did not make the list. You with me, Morris? I'm boycotted already. So when yeah. I so when I said the ramifications that obviously apply to two guys, one being Kumar Rocker and other another guy on the list, Kumar Rocker didn't sign with the Mets and they gave him a ton of money. They didn't draft any other guys uh, above their slot, only below their slot, and it affected their entire draft. The reason why I don't have him on the list is because I don't know the ramifications yet because only been a month, but it will make the list in like two years. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna go next. What? I am going to go next, and I'm gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox, number four on my list. The New York Knicks drafted Kevin Knox out of Kentucky in 2018 with the ninth overall pick. Um, at the time, people thought he was gonna be good. He had a good summer league or something like that in the beginning. Um. What struck out to me is they passed up on MPJ, the big name at that time. He was supposed to be the number one pick going into that college season, but I think he broke his back, and many were doubting his abilities to come back, which he has. They also passed up on Shai Gilders, Alexander, and the Knicks, and Kevin Knox has been shown little to no improvement. He's been riding the bench. He barely played under Thibodeau last season, and he comes in at number four on my list. Okay, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Frank Nielakina, another Nick. Frank Nielakina, the number eight overall pick in 2017, falls in at number three on my list. And you're going to say, why is he not higher? Because he's been worse than Kevin Knox in my – actually, I don't know about that. It, uh, why is he not higher? It's because the next pick was Dennis Smith Jr., and that's who Nick fans were clamoring to get. And they eventually did get him, and he was terrible. But just looking up on who the Knicks Donovan could have and should have drafted, Donovan Mitchell – went at like 15 and the next pick was um, Bam out of bio. So just two big names. The Knicks passed up on mostly Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion. Um, he falls in at number three on my list. Jack. Uh, so we talked 
about Andrew Thomas. He's about the, the list is about him. I don't know if it's too soon to actually uh, judge. I said no Andrew Thomas because it's too soon. But I'm going with him. I said no Andrew Thomas. That was like my pre-thing. All right, so then DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker, number five on my list. DeAndre Baker, the Giants traded for the pick in 2019. They got him at 30th overall. That's on end up putting him over Hackenberg. Looking back, you could have either or, but a year later, after a year of struggling, he got cut by the Giants for, what was it, armed robbery or, or, or uh, assault with a weapon or whatever it was. Cut from the Giants, not in football anymore. Um, show no signs of any skill in this rookie year. Uh, he, he, him and another cornerback in the league, uh, just, just being careless with weapons, just being stupid. They're out of the NFL for now. A terrible pick by Dave Gettleman training up for him. He falls in at number five on my list. What do we have? We have Frank Milikina three, Kevin Knox four, DeAndre Baker five. You're looking for one and two. Wow, I'm missing one and two. I'm going to go with Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers, number two on my list. Really? The reason why he's number two on the list is because I'm a Giants fan and he's been terrible. At least he showed some signs of improvement in his one year. I think it was in Washington where he had a decent year. Um, the Giants passed up on so many names in that first round. There are so many pro bowlers that went after him, like uh, the offensive tackle, Andrews Pete for the Saints. They also at the time needed a bunch of running backs, which I wouldn't have supported drafting, but there were good names like Melvin, uh, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley that went right after him. Um, he falls in at number two in his time in New York. He was awful. He was Andrew Thomas before Andrew Thomas. He was everything that every Andrew Thomas is being compared to now. Um, he signed with the Washington for a year, had a good year. Now he's in, in Miami, I think. I'm, I don't even know where he is. Miami. Miami. Yeah, he hasn't really been good. He falls in number two on my list. All right, I'm going to say this. I know it's wrong, and I know it doesn't belong in the list, but I'm going to say it anyway because I believe it. I really do, Joe. What I really do, Saquon Barkley. Oh, stop, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Okay, Saquon Barkley was very on my original list. He was number four, and Kevin Knox was number five. But I I have to take into account that he has so much athleticism. He was rookie of the year. Um, I don't think it was the right pick at all. I won't support it. But there are other options around there that I know who Giants would have went to. He's still better in my mind. Guys, are you serious? I, I, I can't be listening to this. I think okay, the, the pick itself, the no, the it pick was itself the, was not good, but the player is good. That's why he didn't make my list. If exactly. you have a, Guys, he's one of the most talented NFL players of all time. One overall pick, you need to become a playoff team in a couple of years from then. That player needs to be a difference maker, either a quarterback or a lineman. No, no, we're, not denying, we're not denying the fact of that. We're not denying that fact. But he's still one of the most talented players in the NFL of all time. I'm not even of all time. And yes, the Giants made him like having a talented kicker, role, kicker. But that's not a bus. That's not the definition of a bus. Definition of a bus is Anthony Kennedy, Greg Oden. That's not the definition of a bus. That's Mars. That's why he didn't make the list. He's great for your fantasy team. He's not great for the team. Jack, we understand. He ultimately didn't make the list just because he's an outstanding player who has so much athleticism. All the other guys on my list have shown no promise. Saquon's actually showed something. I don't agree with the pick. I don't agree with the slot of taking him, but the player himself was, was is a really talented player, a really good player, so he didn't make the list. Marisco. So my guess, it's a little bit of a far-fetched guess. It's a player from the Nets. I actually met him in a basketball camp that summer. He got drafted. His name's Chris McCullough. 
he was drafted late in the first round by the Nets. So that's why he didn't make the list because he was a late round pick. Um, the Nets actually haven't had a, a under 10th overall pick since I think it was 2010. Whatever year they drafted Derek Favors at three. 2010, they, yeah, 2010. Yeah, so so Chris McCullough was like late 20s, their constant streak of late 20s pick, which the Nets have actually done good with. Um, he didn't make the list just because normally those type of picks I don't expect to pan out. So Chris McCullough did not make the list. Jack. Um, wow, I'm really stuck here for the number one. Number one, I'm really – I guess because it's 2015. I'm not sure it's 20. Was Calvin Pryor 2014 no, or 2015? 2014. 14. 14. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Eli Apple. Eli Apple, honorable mention, did not make the list. He was my guess. What sport is it, Joe? You guys are forgetting someone very obvious. Mars hated this guy in his time in New York. Hated him. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Honestly, I'm blanking. Jack? I need a sport. Give me a sport. Football. Oh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, number one on my list. Come on. Jack, number one on my Sam list, Donald and I have a very good reason. Anthony. Jack. Anthony. Jack, look. I'm taking out Sam Darnold. For the, for the exact three reasons why... I said I made the list for the pick itself, for the people they passed up on, and for the ramifications of the pick. Sam Darnold, the number three overall pick in 2018, is number one on my list. Um, the Jets passed up on – they needed a quarterback, very obvious in the draft, and they passed up on two supremely talented, probably the best, probably top three, five quarterbacks in the NFL. They passed up on Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson to draft Sam Darnold. Um, the ramifications of the pick is they really set back this franchise by five years at the very minimum. They had to draft a new quarterback in three years after Sam Darnold. He showed no promise. You could blame it on the team that they surrounded him with. All of these same ramifications have to do with Christian Hackenberg. And Christian Hackenberg was drafted by the Jets. They thought he would be the future. They put him in training camp. They thought they could put Josh McCown in for a year, and he'll come in later. He didn't come in later. They were set back. They had to pick Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was a productive quarterback. He was a middle to low average quarterback. I agree. Okay? I agree. If you yeah. compare him to the other people on those lists, Jack, who, I understand, list, but it wouldn't be traded. He hits at least the, the Jets got value for him in a trade. He hits all That's three categories point. of wrong pick just because of who they passed it, up on, the ramifications. You could argue that's Christian Hackenberg's fault, but but if you're arguing for a second round quarterback who 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 was who had decent talent and had decent potential and hyped up. That, that, that's also an argument. He was an honorable. No, it's not. It's, it's not. But he did that not set back your friend. He, he was did not set back your friend. The, fifth round. the Jets, the Jets picked him four rounds where four rounds before where he was supposed to go. He was never supposed to go. He was supposed I, to go I still can't college. Believe, I still can't believe Kumar Rocker is not on this list. He's the, the definition of a bust. You gotta right? listen to the rules, Mars. You gotta listen to the rules. Kumar Rocker and Christian Hackenberg, according to the rules, should be on the list. Kumar Rocker didn't make the list also because we don't know who they passed up on yet. We don't know. We don't know what happened. It's too early. Fair. For all we know, they drafted. I don't know. This list, I, I can't it's even like follow. Drafting, I can't follow this list. It's suspect. If he respect, drafted Garrett Cole in 2008 you. and he didn't sign with the team, it's not like a bad pick. You know? I, don't, I don't respect you. I don't respect it. 
I don't. I respect you as a person. I don't respect this list. Jack, I think we should forget about it. I think we should cut this part of the show. Jack, you're the one who had the rookie in your top five of movies. Oh yes, yes I did. That's and, and I I rewatched Major League this this weekend, guys. I rewatched it. It is so good. It is so good. We should have like a a radio show watch party because. What a quality film! I will. What quality film! Both Just your lists the are baseball quite scenes, the right. comedy. Next week, I would love to. See. Wait, I also want, I want to read my honorable mentions because we didn't get to all of them. Uh, we I we, uh from who didn't we mention? Okay, Darren Lee, but uh, he's not. He wouldn't have made the list, but he was. He was Darren Lee was the next guy I was going with after Eli Apple. Okay, Jack. Now you could go back on your major league rant. And nobody cares. No, no. The truth is, nobody cares about major league. It's a good movie, Jack, but. Just a rookie. It clouds all judgment from my mind about you. Okay. I, I want to just say one more thing about the Mets. I want to say one more thing about the Mets. What, why you got to go back and tweet last night, Tywin Walker, Marcus Stroman, and Kevin Pillar? Why do you have to engage with people? It's not even that they're saying sorry. It's that they're defending what they did, and they're fighting with fans. Stroman's out there fighting with fans tonight. And, of course, he engages with the fringe fans. The one, the one, yeah, the ones who, who we could blame for being racist and, and the ones we could he, he could be performative for. Can so I give, he looked good. Why? Why? Can I give an update, Jack? Can I give an update? Please do. A video of Lindor was just posted, reposted by John Heyman. He's signing autographs at the U.S. Open today for the Met fans. And one Met fan said, thumbs up from now on. And Lindor smiled and keeps putting up thumbs up. So I hope that's his apology to the fans in some way. Yeah, but there was also a caller in uh, who called into the Michael K show today who said they saw Lindor in April and asked for an autograph. And oh, Lindor yes, said, I heard. No, stop fooling me, guys. So it is what it is. But we'll, it's going to be we'll fake love. In the words of we'll Drake, it'll be a lot of fake love. See how this falls out because I think that they apologize by tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, after Sandy Alderson rings him out. But we'll go over that. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the Yankees. We'll do that next week, hopefully. Um, and then we'll break down the Jets and their season. So thank you guys, and tune in next week. Thanks for listening to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast. Tune in every Sunday at 4.30 on WNYU or catch us on Spotify.